This is the Open to Alchemy podcast, and I'm your host, Lauren Ivey. I'm so excited to have you here joining these conscious conversations about the transformation that's possible for all of us. My approach to spirituality has always been part woo and part work. So in this podcast, we talk about all the incredible spiritual modalities and add in a bunch of practical things that really make it fit into our lives. I can't wait for you to join me. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Open to Alchemy podcast. I am here with Andrea Blanton, who is the owner and nurturer of Food Earth Birth, and I am so excited to chat with her and learn everything about her magic. So welcome. Thank you for having me, Lauren. So Food Earth Birth, I started back in softly in 2013, made it real in 2018. And we're just a small company rooted in earth-based services and products to help others live a natural lifestyle. That's amazing. So tell me what that entails. What does that mean? Because I know everyone's going to follow you after this, so they'll be able to see all your amazing stuff. But what does that look like? Well, thanks. So yeah, we connect folks young and older to different modalities to reconnect to the earth themselves and community. So how do we do that? So we like to connect folks to nature in some way via gardening and garden education. We like to just provide opportunity and avenue for youth and adults to reconnect with nature. If it's through eating freshly harvested vegetables, learning the basis of gardening, or even partaking in a relaxing herbal tea ceremony. And we also like to provide sort of like a pro bono or community-based service of uh, birth work. So doula work for moms or expectant families um, who might not have the means to, to get you know, a full price doula, but also but still need and require birth support via pregnancy in pregnancy or labor. So that's kind of like our community work, so to speak. Oh, I love that. It feels mm-hmm. like a very holistic approach and also that you handle people at all different points and stages of their life. So that just yeah. feels so beautiful and supported. Did you grow up being a nature lover? Was that something that you felt was given to you from your family or destined to be? How did you come to this you know work? What? Not at all. Not at all. Um, <laughs> I love that. I I grew up in Chicago, so I like to call it the concrete jungle. Spent a lot of time playing outdoors, though, in City Park, you know, finding snails on plants earlier in the morning when I used to walk the dog, digging in like the crevices of the sidewalk, trying to see if I can find any bugs. So I guess it was in me, but I didn't know it, right? And then the other part of my life after my parents divorced in Phoenix, Arizona, so was able to see jackrabbits and scorpions and snakes and roadrunners. And for that, it kind of piqued my interest even more to see the difference in climate, the difference in plant life, cactus versus, you know, shrubs and trees. And so it didn't really, I guess, pop off for me for, per se until in high school, I started to become more aware of how food affected. And from there, it just kind of grew and morphed as I I got older and began to have children and desired to be out more in nature. And there was a bout of, it wasn't labeled then, but in hindsight, learning more about the ups and downs of pregnancy and mothering. I think I had postpartum depression with my second daughter. And a friend said, I'm going to take you to an urban farm. And 
after that, I was there every Friday for the, for the farmer's market and helping the system with getting ready for the market. And the farmers invited me out into the field. I was able to taste fresh produce. So for me, my gateway has always been fresh food, right? And then from there is just kind of all she wrote. So yeah, it's kind of morphed. I started to, and you and I have spoken about this in the past, but there were certain herbs that had started to like illuminate to me and say, use me. What were those that came out? It was, it was St. John's wort and holy basil. I did a little research, found out St. John's wort helped with mood swings, anxiety, depression. And then the other one that kind of sparkled when I saw it in the fields at the farm was holy basil. It just was like illuminated. Like I can help your whole spirit eat me, wow. use me, make tea out of me. And so from there, I just started to play around with different herbs. And so like, yeah, it kind of morphed as I got older and I started having more of a relationship with earth in that way. That's so incredible. I love that you shared that even in your concrete jungle days, you were able to find little cracks of, of the earth. And, and so the reason I'm pointing that out is because I think a lot of times people feel that if they're not in a place where they're at the ocean or they're in a forest mm -hmm. or or, oh, I live in an apartment. It, you can incorporate and you can call in the earth in all different ways. So I'm just sharing that because I yeah. love that you were able to connect with that. And that was really the foundation of it's everywhere around us. Not that we wouldn't all love to be in a jungle in Costa Rica. <laughs> and, like, and the other thing I wanted to point out was that I loved that you were able to share your experience postpartum. I think that that is something that still, even now, there's a lot of reluctance to share. There can be judgment and shame, yeah. and there's so much of an emotional and hormonal roller coaster afterwards. Would you mind elaborating a little bit, just if there's folks listening who are feeling yeah. like there may be something they're dealing with right now? Yeah, so I think for me, what I've always been in tune with my emotions, I guess, because I'm a, in the 12 signs, I'm a cancer. And so I've always been in tune with what I'm feeling and the ebbs and flows. And it wasn't until I, I was like, why am I so down? Or why am I, my mood switching way more than usual, right? And so for those who are like, I don't know what's going on, please talk to someone. If you're like, I know I'm supposed to be a mom, I know I'm supposed to be on, you know, all the hours of the day, you know, and, and finding myself crying when I couldn't take a shower or you're supposed to rest. You just, let's put ourselves under a lot of pressure. Realize that you don't have to hold that alone. And there are ways to navigate that. And, in, and it's not an extreme because some of us feel like, well, I'm a horrible mother. I'm going to be institutionalized. I'm going to have to instantly get on medication and you know, sometimes we go to this extreme thought of it when it's really just a part of the process, right? And so in my birth work studies, I realized like there are actual ebbs and flows, right? That the hormonal flow. And sometimes we just need assistance to handle that. Like we need a floaty in water. Sometimes we need a floaty and it's okay to ask for a water vest. Like I need a vest, right, <laughs> you know? Right. It's Can not you... that you've done anything wrong. It's not at all. Yeah. We are, you know, you were incubating a child for nine months or some people, you know, less. It takes a lot out of the body and the mind to do so. It's really a, a feat of nature. Like it's really amazing. And you're a superhero mm -hmm. um, and to expel this being from you 
just imagine the shift that it took to get to that point. And now your body's trying to retract in a way to kind of get back down in size. And so you have to realize like as much as it is physical, it's also hormonal Mm. that your body's shifting and just like be at peace with that. And I think something that's missed or something that can be improved is when women talk about pregnancy and talk about the changes of the body and everyone's, you have that glow, you're, oh my gosh, your bump looks so great. And oh, you're really eight months. I couldn't even tell, you know, we should also be like, wow, please let me know how I can support you. How are you feeling? What, how are these changes really affecting you? How are you doing when no one else is around? When your husband or your partner is there, do you feel really connected? Are you connected to your child? Do you feel like you would rather be alone? So those are some things we need to just kind of bring to the surface. A lot of the conversations that we don't have as humans on a regular basis, but I think when a mom is expecting or has had the child, we should even exalt that even more and kind of normalize that conversation. So it's okay, folks, if you're feeling that way, you're doing great. And and I think the best thing you can do is is speak to someone that you trust. Hmm, That is such incredible advice. And it's so true. And even if it's not diagnosed or classified as postpartum, Mm -hmm. as a mother, we all go through times where we need more support from each other. We need time (laughs) alone. We, you know, it's like, I have said to my children numerous times, I love you. And I also love myself. Mm -hmm. It is okay for me to take time for myself. And I'm not going to take on the judgment any longer, which I had for a long time Mm -hmm. of this self-imposed or externally imposed idea of what a quote unquote good mother is that a good mother always prioritizes her children and her partner and puts her needs at the bottom of the list. Like that is not what it is. Mm -hmm. And so I think we're all on different points of that journey, right? Some people that's not their struggle for others of us. It is a work in progress to get back to your individual identity that Mm -hmm. is not related to being a mother, right? It's one of our roles, but it's not- Right, it's not all of them. It's not all of them. Now your friend who said, I'm taking you to this farm. Mm -hmm. Was it a she, was she intuitive about what was going on with you? You know, I was telling her all the drama. I was telling her all the stuff I was going through at the time uh, with my partner at the time. And I think we were connecting over like fresh food and Mm. um, she saw how just being out there, she she could feel how it impacted her and she wanted to share that with me as an avenue and possible hope for me to kind of release myself in a way from what you said, that judgment and doubt. And I was some gloom over me. Like it was it was a bad season for me. And she, she saw it as a way for me to kind of get some light into my life. So wise. Mm-hmm. She didn't know. I didn't know either that that would be like a total career shift for me too. Like, I didn't know that that was where I was supposed to be. Right. Like yeah. she, she was like an angel in oh. disguise. She was well, definitely hopefully used... you'll name something after her. <laughs> <laughs> I should. She has a really special name. Her name is Teeny Weenie Trophina. Wow. I think it means like little princess or something like that. Oh I'm going to have God, to name that's something amazing. else. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, I love that. And yeah. it's so funny because I, I had a meditation the other day and, and also in conjunction with a conversation with somebody. And we were talking about that 
we put so much emphasis on these big decisions. Where am I going to live? What house should Mm I buy? Where am I going to go to school? And it's all of these little micro decisions, like, sure, I'll go to the farm with you that can change everything. And for me, it was just such a beautiful reminder that my presence in the everyday and the millions of choices Mm. that I make not only are empowering because they give me much more control, but also just open you up to all that is possible and put less emphasis and focus on these big decisions that take up right. so much of your headspace. Those are going to happen, whichever you choose. But all of these little micro decisions really mm. do create our lives. That's powerful. I like how you how you kind of brought that in. And I think we don't appreciate them as much, right? We're always like three month goals, six month goals, a year goals, right? right? And right. to know that like your daily, it totally brings you back into like the now. I like that. I like that. Thanks. <laughs> so when you say for those listening who are maybe into plants and food or maybe just sort of exploring it, when you say that the St. John's wort and the holy basil spoke to mm-hmm. you and called to you, how mm-hmm. did that look and feel in real life so people can connect to maybe their intuitive connections to things? So yeah, the St. John's wort was really me going to Kroger and I stood in front of the the tea section and was like, what do I need? Knew it wasn't peppermint. Everybody got peppermint. Knew it wasn't black. Knew it wasn't chai. And I literally just stood there and was like, well, let me see what it says. I think it said like hormonal balance. And I was like, okay, well, let me read the back. Right. It was literally just simple as that. Walking through an aisle and being like, let me feel what I need, mm-hmm. right, from my doula studies. But then the holy basil was literally walking through a garden and seeing like the, is it like effervescence? Like mm-hmm. the like the leaf just was like moving in the wind kind oh, of thing. Wow. So it's different for everyone. You might have the scientists who are like, I'm going to Google search this. And right. wherever your brain goes is what you're going to need. It's, you know, and for the person who's more esoteric, it could be, walking in the field and noticing that an herb like pokes out you're like whoa I didn't even notice you before if you're taking a nature walk and you're like hmm that looks interesting let me pull up an app to see what that plant is that's another way that um, you can connect to it so that's what happened to me in both ways it was really a walk to Kroger what do I need another time it was I'm gonna have to farm just hanging out in the fields this pops up and then going home and being like, wow, let me dive deeper into what these are. Um, looking in like a little, I think I had like a little herb Bible at the time and just kind of reading up on it, seeing how other people have used it and seeing how I could apply it in my life. Hmm, that's mm-hmm. so great. I love that you shared two very different <laughs> examples yeah. of how it could come in for you. And I really like that you said, it's like the little thing that catches your eye or that spark something in you. And I think very often, you know, we're so busy, we're running from thing to thing that we can dismiss those or ignore that, but it just could be an opportunity for you to investigate, you know, some Mm -hmm. things whisper, some things just sort of quietly raise their hand. Mm -hmm. We don't always have to be hit over the head. (laughs) Right. We're so used to that. Right. Right. We're hard headed. We're hard headed. We're like, we need to like, 
smack us on the head to be like, this is me. You're like, what? No, it's not that. But that goes back to what you said about the now and the subtle things and the subtle choices, right? Mm. That day I could have told my friend, I'm going to just stay home with the babies. I didn't pump enough milk or I could have made an excuse of why I didn't need to go. Or I could have went to Kroger and was just like, I'm just going to buy a bottle of beer or something, right? Like I could have just like resorted to what family does or, you know, habits in my family or, you know, so yeah, yeah. Those subtle decisions, even the subtle decision that you see the herb pop out, you could be like, no, I'm going to keep walking. But that was what you needed. I think the herb sends so many signals to us in so many different ways. Oh, definitely. And to Mm -hmm. invite it in and know that you are being supported. Mm. I feel so fortunate that I, you know, live in Atlanta and it's of such a green city. I mean, literally in most areas that you go to, there's some trees or, or bushes or parks or whatever. And so even walking around when you feel the weight of things or the heaviness mm. of things, just to For me, it's just a perspective change. You know, you look at something, that tree has been here for 10 years, 20 years, that flower blooms and dies and blooms Mm -hmm. and dies. It just gets me out of my head. Is that how you connect? Yeah, totally. Like I said, I'm a cancer grab, so I can sit in the house all day and I'm like, I'm feeling kind of off and I just go outside and sit and watch the birds fly or I might see a hawk swoop down or I might notice some birds fighting a hawk you know, because the hawk's trying to find a nest or I might even see, see, Atlanta has so many trees and it's like the city in the forest, right? I might even see this huge tree tipped over and the roots are so small and scraggly, right? It just blew over in the last storm. That's something else that also stands out to me too, is just how deeply rooted are we? We may appear to be a certain way. And I think this comes into when, you know, sometimes I compare myself, like we were talking about comparing our mothering or pressure from the outside. And then I see this tree tipped over who we thought maybe been a hundred years old in somebody's yard and the roots are just dead and it's tipped over in the last storm. And I'm like, wow, how deeply rooted am I? That Mm. always comes to my mind or how, how am I taking this facade for granted? Like what we see, is it, is it really real? What's really real in my life? That always comes to mind when I'm, like you said, when you're out and, and seeing the trees and things, that comes to mind for me. How, how real is this? How real am I engaging and interacting with this world? Hmm. Am I on the sidelines? Am I giving back? Am I interacting? Those type of questions come into my head sometimes. Wow, those are such powerful questions. And now I'm thinking about all the trees that I... <laughs> see uprooted and it's true it's Mm -hmm. such a beautiful reminder that you never go know what's going on beneath the surface with somebody that in some ways we're all the same because we all have these you know they might be different issues but they're all variations of the same theme yeah yeah Yeah. shades Mm -hmm. that's a beautiful way to put it so how do you root down? How do you ground down and, and keep yourself solid and stable? Lately I've been trying to get as much rest as possible <laughs> you know as a mom you don't get much sleep it's like yeah have you been sleep. tired lately I've been like exhausted oh, yeah. I don't know what's happening yes. energetically I tried to take a quick power nap before our 
I don't know if it was just the, the solstice, the summer solstice, and then it's a super full moon today, like summer, you know, summer's supposed to be fun, but it's a lot of people I've talked to and they're tired. I think Same. we're just tired as a humanity. We've been through a lot, right? So many rough conversations have come up in families, you know, for countries, yeah, um, world health. Like, I think we're just tired and having to make some really strict decisions for ourselves. So that's part of my tiring, you know, why I'm so tired. But grounding, again, walks, try to take a walk and re- reacclimate myself to what's outside. Salt baths have been really good. Ah. Kind of just kind of also like cleansing. with them? Yeah. So I usually do, so of course, like, like a Dead Sea salt, uh, pink salt, Epsom salt. And sometimes I just let my my spirit again guide me to what herbs I might need or if I have a over amount of herbs at home I'm like okay I got a lot of lavender let me pour this in there to calm rose if I feel like my heart space needs some love Mm. Uh, what else I've used more mugwort when I've tried to be kind of like witchy (laughs) you know I've just been learning about that I'm doing a little bit of a deep dive in the plant world I'm so excited yes which you were absolutely a catalyst for but Um, yeah all of a sudden it's like I've never heard of mugwort and now I've heard it 25 times it always happens that way (laughs) she's a she's a she's a smart herb like secret sauce or so okay Um, I'm definitely not ready for her yet (laughs) I think you would enjoy it considering the work that you do I think you would enjoy it it kind of sends you somewhere sometimes subtly Okay. And I think it'll also open you up even more to, I know you say you already connect with different things when you're out. I think she, it'll help you open that up even more. And so um, do you use herbs in all different elements as teas, as tinctures? So for me, of course, teas, which is kind of to me like a gateway for folks to taste it. I put it in some of the baths that I offer. I make it in, I just, well, not just, but I have a salve for skin, but mostly for like rashes and cuts, um, nipples that are raw for breastfeeding if you've had like a rash on your bottom so that's more like healing herbs like plantain and violet I want to get into I haven't made tinctures but I use tinctures at home like with the children or I purchase them from other herbalists because it's like a quick easy way sometimes I add it into different drinks and juices to cover up dosing up the children so I haven't gotten into making tinctures just yet I feel like that's more of a science to it. I want to be able to offer tinctures to folks who are maybe going through like AA or, you know, who can't do alcohol. Mm. A lot of times families, you know, people who struggle with um, addiction or even mothers who don't want alcohol in their system. And I want to, I want to get into different ways of maybe using like glycerins and things like that or honey yeah, to make tinctures. I mm-hmm. have one that I have been taking and I've been not drinking for almost a year and a half, which is very exciting. Yeah. But the first one I had did wasn't an alcohol base. And mm-hmm. it was funny. It's only, you know, you take three, four droplets a day. It wasn't strong, but it was weird after all this time to have that mm-hmm. little taste again. So the second one that I bought is in the vegetable glycerin and it's Mm -hmm. definitely it's a different taste it's a different feeling it's yeah it's a different experience so I love that you're going to explore that yeah that's I think that's next thanks I'm glad that you're sharing that experience too 
with the difference in flavors and experience, I want to be able to kind of how you said, uh, uh, I want to just have like a family wellness kit, you know, like people who need things. I get some not weird DMs, but I get folks who message me about a lot of stuff regarding their children or themselves and transitions, bodily things, bodily changes. So I want to be able to kind of have like a, you know, here's my little handy dandy stuff that I use at home to be able to offer to folks. And if I don't have it, send them to other folks. So if you ever get into making products, I would be happy to share your things. Oh my gosh, you're incredible. I love, I would love a family kit. That sounds incredible. And yeah, I'm I'm trying to approach it differently than I have approached things in the past. As you know, Mm -hmm. I love to have all the ideas and love to be thinking, you know, 75 steps ahead. It could be this business thing. I could offer this thing. And I'm trying to clear my mind. I am trying Mm -hmm. to approach this new adventure in a truly for the first time in a space of surrender. I kind of had a little breakdown the other day where I felt like, what is it that I want? Why are things not feeling aligned for me? And I had a little Mm. bit of an ego death. I really feel like I dropped it and I Mm. just really gave it up. It's like, what is it that I should be doing? I am no longer going to place conditions around it. I am no longer going to try to control it. And I thought it was going to look like this and it's supposed to look like this. And I'm just going to just show me the way, take the wheel. <laughs> so what we'll came see what out happens. <laughs> what came out of that? Um, I'm, I'm just at the Still beginning. So stay tuned. But okay. t- so far, what's come out of it is a complete energy shift. I feel mm. more connected in every moment of every day than I had been previously. I'm experiencing less self-judgment than I have Mm. previously. So I feel like I'm at the beginning of like a new big shift for me. So nice. Okay. That's exciting and scary. (laughs) I know. I know. Well, it's funny because it's like you sometimes without realizing it just move forward. It's like this just momentum. Mm. And that's what I wanted to ask you too, is how you know, it's time to incorporate something new or explore something new. What does that feel like for you? So there was a time where I was like, I'm going to be a great little like seasonal chef, right? Like I was doing a lot of food demos, educational cooking classes and small catering. And I knew it was time to give it up because I had so much anxiety preparing for um, this event. It was a wedding. And I was to tears. Like, why did I sign up for this? I don't want to do this. Like, it just didn't feel comfortable anymore. I got through it and it was great. But I afterwards, I had to sit with myself and be like, Andrea, why would you do anything that causes so much anxiety? Like you said, it should just be able to flow. Like, the excitement should just take over the wheel. So when I get points of like dreading doing something, it's like, it's time to shift. So there might be a point where I'm like, I don't want to make tea. And I don't. I end up going back to like gardening or I think the beauty of my business is I do, I guess, three to four things. 
And some people might say, well, you're not, you're not becoming an expert, right? They're like, well, if you do more than one thing, you're not becoming an expert in it. But I'm learning, like you and I both know, like you said, like the flower, it flowers and then it dies. There's seasons to it, right? So like what I'm realizing is there's seasons to the things that, that I do, but that I transition out of. So like I started off with just one tea blend, right? That died out the next season. I was like, I'm going to add something else the next season. I'm going to add a style. There are moments too where I get like, where you and you're like, why am I doing this? Can I really do this? Am I able to do this? I don't have this many sales this month. You know, I've been, dis- I've disappointed myself, right? Like you said, like, it should be this way. And then go to this event and it's horrible. <laughs> no one stops at my table or, you know, and it, the funny thing is just when I'm going to give up, some messages sent to me right I I thought I was like being a bad doula and a client messaged me it was like my doctor loved you that's kind of big for a birth worker to have a doctor say they love Definitely. you and that was a reaffirmation of my work or a lot of times I give up on birth work honestly because it takes so much out of you I have my own family and I just don't feel like I'm giving 100% as I would love to dedicate to moms who really need assistance. And then something happens or somebody calls me and I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I'm still in this. So just, just when I give up, something always pops up or someone's like, hey, do you have any teas? Or can you talk to me? Like, I think at one point I was done with herbs and then you hit me up because Susan from Moon Organics was like, you know, told you to reach out to me, which I'm so surprised. I love her products. She's amazing. And for her to refer me was like an affirmation again. Mm. So again, I think the death is always good. That death is good. I try to fight it. I know it's change, right? But I just go ahead and embrace it at some point. I'm like, well, I'm dying. This part of me is dying. And then it reinvents itself. So Mm. That's so mm-hmm. beautiful. And I really, as someone who had a doula for both of my babies, mm. I give so much of my just gratitude. And there is no way, especially with my first, my daughter, who I pushed for four hours unmedicated. Mm. There is no way in this world that I would have been able to do that both from a physical standpoint and also Mm. from a medical standpoint, because of Mm -hmm. course there was points where they wanted to intervene without her support. And so it is such an incredible service, really a soul service to be able to offer. And I really appreciate what you're saying that when you have your own children to get a call in the middle of the night or to not know what to do. And so what's coming in for me with that is maybe that's just one of those things that there is a season for that. Mm -hmm. And with, with little other people that you're taking care of, it's not an aligned season, but it doesn't mean that that won't come around Mm -hmm. and, and light you up in a different way. And I'm trying to take that perspective, just like you shared that sometimes things really, you know, fire you and fuel you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they don't. And it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. It just means that you're listening to yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. One, what you said almost brought tears to my eyes (laughs) because I'm really, 
I'm also mourning not being able to interact as much as I would like right now with mothers and expecting expecting families. Thank you. Mm. But look <laughs> at this other idea for the for the family support and for the tinctures and for the teas mm -hmm. and you true, know the, the birth is obviously a critical part and it gets a lot of the attention yeah but as you know it's so much in the upfront and yeah, the people that are yeah. struggling to get pregnant and people that want to have healthy pregnancies and then in the after I mean gosh my kids are nine and eleven and I need all the support I can get <laughs> that's the truth that's the truth yeah you know there's a new concept now called the fourth trimester so they're saying that like folks really need help after the children are born. Yeah. Like it's, it's critical time. Then, you know, too, it's so children's ages, their needs and wants change as well as our capacity as parents. And I don't know how you feel about this, but I don't know if you kind of question if you're ready for the next level sometimes. You're like, how did my parents get through this, right? How was I at this age? Was I a good kid or was I being a sassy brat who knew everything, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I wish to, and thank you for that. Yeah, I, I think family support is definitely critical. And sometimes we don't have, some people don't have actual blood family support. And so, you know, close to them. So I wonder as humans, how can we be more, empathetic and sympathetic to folks and where they are right I think COVID has really made people realize like oh people actually have children you know I've seen newscasters with children in the background right <laughs> right know? it's like professionals can't hide their kids anymore they can't hide that that they have full families so yeah, yeah you're right mm -hmm. it's so interesting that you bring that up because I feel like, and I'm so curious to hear your thoughts on this in your elements of the business for me. And I think for a lot of women who launch businesses in this space or in, in any space, there's a, a decision that has to be made. It feels like, am I going to put forth this image of I'm a professional businesswoman and I have it all together and I'm all buttoned up. And yes, I have work-life balance, or am I going to incorporate the kids? Am I going to share family stuff? Am I going to let people see behind the curtain that this one's crying and this one's pitching a fit and this kitchen is a mess? And so I feel like depending on the type of business you have, you maybe feel a different level of pressure to not let that be part of your messaging. How do you feel about that? You know, there was this woman who had a really great brand and she told me, don't let people know that you're a single mom. Wow. Don't, don't, don't share that because when it gets time, if you ever want investments and things like that, people don't want to support a single mother. And to me, I do the opposite of what. <laughs> yeah. You're like, like thank you. I'm like, I came on earth to be a change maker. I came on earth to normalize normalcy. Like these are our stories and these are our lives. And so I don't share everything, but like I might share in a story or the car ride in the morning or we just got a new bunny rabbit, right? Like it's kind of already a part the of my bunny. I'm, I'm following she's the bunny actually, adventures. <laughs> she's actually crawling right now. My son brought her upstairs to calm her. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, she's a sweetie patootie. <laughs> but um, 
there's certain things I don't share, but there's some things I'm like, it's okay for the brand or it's okay because earth and nature is a part of my lifestyle. And like, this is how I wanted to raise my children. It's intentional. It's not for publicity. It's not to boast like, you know, look at us. It's like, this is what we actually do. We're actually hiking Stone Mountain or, you know, we're actually going camping. Like these are things that we naturally do. And I, I really hate that people feel like they can't share those parts of them. Like who created that standard? I understand work-life balance, but I guess it's like the private versus the public face. And I, and I wonder if COVID is kind of like bringing that wall down for folks. How do you feel? Because, you know, your service is intentional. It's specific to the business. It's specific to the person. Do you feel comfortable sharing your family or see where it fits into all of that or... Yeah, I'm like you where they're not the the crux of it. They're not the main point of it. Obviously, some people that have very family-specific businesses or they're doing kids' clothing lines mm-hmm. or something like that, I can definitely see and understand where the children are really the, the heart of what they're communicating. It's interesting. I'm shifting because now that my daughter is going to be 12, she is much more sensitive to don't post that photo of me. Mm. Don't take a picture. She, she wants to cultivate her own social media imagery, which she doesn't have social media, thank goodness yet. But all of a sudden I'm having to really consider that when, when they were little, it was, I took a cute pic. I liked it. I posted it. I shared it. And now I'm really having to consider her feelings in it, mm-hmm. her perspective and, and encouraging her to be an individual and good. You should be looking at things from yeah. a very discerned eye and saying, I want this up there. I don't want this up there. It's my image. You can't share my image without my yeah. approval. She's a little brand manager. Wow. Um, it's really, <laughs> it's really funny how that has come to be. I don't know. I don't think so much about what it is that I'm sharing. I I share from the heart and I know you do Mm -hmm. this too. If it's Mm -hmm. something that is speaking that I hear loudly in my heart and my throat, wherever I feel it from a sacral or other energetic Mm -hmm. place, I share it. I'm not that great at doing the very strategic brand posts and okay, I have to pepper in a kid or I've got to pepper in a plant (laughs) or, I mean, I know some people that's totally their jam. And I love, as you know, the marketing and the ideas and the content and all that, but in terms of being so strategic about what it is that I'm posting and when I, I, I've got to be heart centered. It does not feel right to me otherwise. I second you. I know that. (laughs) Second you. I know it's like the algorithm is going to lose me in the whole flow of things. I just ain't got it today to post nothing. You know, it's like y'all get, y'all will see us when you need to see us. Yeah. Yeah. I've got nothing to share. I'm not sharing (laughs) anything. Yeah. Right. I just had a meltdown. Like you said, the kitchen is a mess. The floor is trash from crumbs and spilled food. Right. I'm not, there's nothing for me to post. I'm tired. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think that people are waking up to that. Like you said, I think mm-hmm. COVID was a big part of that where it's like, yeah, you see that particularly men who I guess we never thought had families or they just go, <laughs> to go off to work and not worry yeah. about who's making the lunch and who's picking up the kid and who's getting the sick call and who's doing that all of a sudden yeah. 
it's like, oh yeah, sometimes they're involved, you know, with different aspects of home life that people are definitely more accepting, more comfortable with mm-hmm. us being full humans. A full human has grief and joy mm-hmm. and, and families and problems. It's multifaceted, which to me totally. is I mean, it benefits all of us in the spiritual soulpreneurship space because mm. all of a sudden people are realizing that things are connected that maybe they mm. didn't connect the dots to before, right? Oh, yeah. I like the way you put that because that's part of our mission on earth is to learn from each other and to be able to see those parts, like you said, one makes us more comfortable with each other and comfortable with ourselves breaks down that judgment I think and it's like oh I can accept that about myself even more and I can learn from other folks I hate to learn from people's struggles but struggles and triumphs and transparency yeah 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 I love this whole authenticity is a big theme in my life and I Mm. love you probably have such a good detector for this too with so much of your earth-based integration when somebody is putting on airs or is not being themselves do you not just I mean what are we doing here yeah (laughs) exactly I have friends we all from different walks of life right we just we're just different I have friends who might send me things I'm just like I'm not even gonna open this because it's so fake to me I honor that it moved you but it doesn't move me and I think that's for you too, like just using our heart as radar. Mm. Like they say that the heart is even, is it stronger than the brain or something? Like it has even more of a, a guide than the brain. Oh yeah. The waves who are like, that come out of the heart. Oh yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. So that heaviness, I can't, some things I already knew was a facade before COVID or, you know, like the gig is up, the jig is up. Like I already, <laughs> the jig was up a long time ago for me. Y'all just catching on. Yeah. <laughs> right. Always. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I love when people are like, oh my God. And this happened. And you're like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. in the back of your mind, you're like, hello, what do you think I've been talking about? <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. But I, I, I'm not going to lie younger. I used to be so gullible. Because mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't honor that heart radar, right? I didn't honor that. But now that I've gotten more and more earth-based and earth-centered and integrating nature more into my lifestyle, it's hard not to, it's hard. I, I have to fake myself out sometimes, right? I'm like, I know I have to go into this room of people and I know 80% of them are just different and I'm not going to connect with them in that way. But I have to be in that space for my business which kind of makes it weird. I would like to know how do you navigate that or protect yourself or stay mission focused? You know, I think mm. that's, that's the other side of that heart radar is just trying to stay mission focused. And then I'm like, do I even need to be in this room? So there's those conversations too in my brain that happens when I know you can feel like your services can assist different people. And I think we talked about this, right? Like how yeah. do you, that gauge of folks, like I know who my avatar is. But then there might be people who are leaning towards me. How do I, how am I able to connect to them? Even though a lot of the things that they say, I, I wouldn't connect with, you know, does that make sense? Oh my gosh. Absolutely. So I feel like I want to break down everything that you just said. (laughs) So good. Okay. So you do have an avatar of your ideal client. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you mind sharing how you came to that person? You don't have yeah. to share who that person is, but how you... 
it's really like just consistently who supported me consistently Uh who's asked questions consistently who have been affected by my work and then I'm like oh I see who that person is this person actually wants to live a natural lifestyle they really want to learn more about incorporating earth into their life and these are the ways that I do it and they're comfortable with these ways so there's an extreme of that right I'm like I know the person who there's just certain habits that I can tell in people that I'm like they're not they're not who I'm supposed to service. Right, right now. Right now, at least, right? Yeah. How do yeah. I get to how do I yeah. get to that person? How do I break through? And I don't know if that comes up for you, like in your consultations. Language, language. Mm-hmm. it's language that people use. It's, you know, style. It's where do they frequent already? But I don't know if you see a difference for your avatar. But that's how I started to realize like the patterns of the people that that And then when you're trying to decide about business opportunities or partnerships or networking or marketing, Mm -hmm. is that a big part of it? Is my avatar going to be there or is this going to help in my mission? Do you have like a checklist of things that need Mm -hmm. to be hit? Because I see just from social, you have your vines in a lot of different places. So how do you decide? That's a great question. So I usually pre-screen, right? If it's a spot, somebody like someone wanted me to go put my cheese in a place. I'm like, well, I'm going to just pull up like a customer and see how this business engages me or not. So that's a decision in person. What am I picking up? The second thing is, you know, on socials, I'm like, oh, let me kind of peruse, peruse this page. They want me to like do a podcast or something or They want to speak on their show. And I'm like, oh, do I even believe in their mission and their values? What are their values? Is it, you know, we're all about coal energy. I'm not going, I'm not, you know, like that's anti-earth. Well, that's extractive, too extractive for me. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't say anti-earth, but that's like, are they extractive both in practices and values? That's how I kind of pre-screen people. But I've got, not duped, but I've intentionally gone into a space to test myself, to test what is my narrative and how do I not spin the narrative, but how do I use different language to connect with people? What are the kind of being a magician, but, you know, not, not fooling people or blowing smokes and mirrors, but like, can I change my alchemy? Can I shift in order to match or meet the people where they are in this space? You know, Mother Teresa, she went into so many different rooms and people loved her. Like I think about archetypes like that and like they they worked all type of rooms they went into all type of uncomfortable spaces they've been all the way up to embassies and to the poorest places in the world and so I'm like can I meet that can I can I show up in a space and still honor that there is one person in the room who might need to hear this I I feel like my mind is blown so wide open right now from what you're sharing to speak on something with such intentionality is such a gift to me and to the Mm. listeners. I'm so grateful for you to share that, that you can stand in such intention and such integrity is what's coming across Mm. that you are only going to work with people and be in community with people that, that match your vibration. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean you're not going to push yourself and see and try maybe this is the right place. Maybe there's Mm -hmm. somebody here for me. 
but also honoring that if it doesn't feel right, it's not aligned for you. And there's like no lack, there's no desperation. Mm -hmm. There's none of that negative space that is surrounding you. It's all with curiosity and potential. Mm -hmm. Wow. I think I think that goes back to you when you were speaking earlier about the ego dying. Mm. In my younger years, I'm not that <laughs> I'm not super old, you know what I mean? But in my younger years, I would break my neck to be in spaces I knew I didn't need to be in. Mm. And it really whooped my butt. You know, I really had to deal with the karma of all that. And realizing that I hurt myself. I hurt myself because I knew I wasn't supposed to be there. Thank you for pointing that integrity out. I just can't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just can't do it. My ego, you know what? Ego, you know, is it the younger folks say uh, FOMO, fear of missing out? Yeah. I will miss out because yeah, I know Jomo. if I go, what's JOMO? The joy of missing out. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay, so I got <laughs> JOMO now. I'm like, I don't need to go. I'm comfortable knowing. I will get a report from someone else how it went because that was for them. Right. You know, that was for that person. You know, there might be a space where you feel more comfortable and you're like, Andrea, you should come to this, but I might not go because or vice versa, right? But mm-hmm. the message got out. So Yeah. So that it sounds like that's something that has come with age, with experience, with just really knowing yourself. I think so. I've, I've been around some younger folks and, and who just started out in garden education or farming or farmer's market things. And they're like, man, I shouldn't have did that. <laughs> I'm like, you know, as you get a little older, you'll realize. Yeah. Well, you've got to experience some things for yourself. Mm-hmm, to create those boundaries. So yeah, it only happened with, with, with changes in my years on earth and actually taking the time to sit with that, right? And process it. Because we know folks who are still doing the same things as we did 15, and no judgment, right? But they steady saying the same thing. You're like, have you processed this? Have you figured out what the message is? So yeah. I think that's the other part of that is, okay, you're in these spaces, but what is, what is that telling you? Kind of how, you know, the flower, the pretty flower is like telling you something. Like, what is that experience telling you? Are you processing on a day-to-day or week-to-week or month-to-month or season-to-season? Sometimes I do something for a whole season, like like we talked earlier, might do something for a whole season, then I'm having anxiety. So that's letting me know my fillers are, don't do this anymore. Take a break. This isn't for you. Because sometimes it could shift into, well, I just need to do it because I don't want anyone else to do it. I want to have my name on that. That's why it's not working out, honey, because you, <laughs> you're supposed to sit down, you know? Yeah. Right. Oh, that's such beautiful advice and guidance. And I know the the whole, it's like a competitiveness, something I struggle with and really just taking time to come to terms with, we all have our own magic. And even in, in something that you feel could be a commodity, we all have our own experience. We all have our own way of communicating and our life experience and our way of, of communicating and our perceptions. And so we can even all be doing the same thing, but it's still all different because of our uniqueness. And I think that's something for me that has only come with time as I've exactly like you've seen more things gone to Mm -hmm. more things understood like this didn't feel good to me but I felt pressure to be there because I didn't want to not be there 
I didn't want to disappoint this person. I didn't want to take back a commitment that I had made. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to, for somebody to question whatever, all the different reasons why you sign up for something outside of the one reason we should is because it's lighting us up and it feels good to. Yeah. Yeah. We've been so trained to do just what everything you just said, right? So trained to do that. I think that's a part of, I guess that the beauty in getting older and learning more about yourself is to be able to lean into that joy and that excitement and that, that light. Yeah. I could talk to you forever, but I do um, (laughs) want to respect your time and wrap up for people that are just getting into this earth, mother earth, nature space. What is just one piece of advice that you would have for somebody who's starting their journey? Mm -hmm. It doesn't all look the same for everyone with any new path. You really have to tune in or just try it. Try a new trail, try a new path, go to a new park alone and with others, I would say, because we have different experiences alone versus with others. So just try it. You don't have to know everything. It's ever evolving and you're always learning. Mm, So good. And I'm just curious because it's summer and there's so much amazing produce. What is a food, a fruit, a veggie that mm-hmm. you're loving and using all the time right now? I just got a load of cucumbers. Ah. <laughs> so I'm actually going to uh, get into some pickling. I'm going to try to make some pickle, like spears, mm. rounded, like bread and butter pickles. That's kind of what I'm working with right now. I didn't plant a, a summer garden at home but for the schools I planted red and yellow watermelons oh yeah um, so I'm excited for when those actually fruit which won't be until the end of summer right um yeah and yeah most people are into peaches right now I haven't gotten into them this year I yeah. was into like b- blackberries there were a lot of blackberries out wild right now on different walks so blackberries blackberries and cucumbers <laughs> I want to go on a garden walk with you. So let me know when you have that as a service. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually just did walk. one for a camp. I actually, some people have asked me to do it for the, like the little summer camps. Oh, so fantastic. I'll be more than happy to uh, think of a space that's closer to, to you. And we can just kind of take a walk. Oh, you learn yeah, I would so love to. much from watching the way things just grow and progress mm-hmm. and change and waiting for things and it's kids and gardening is just such a beautiful combination it is I don't know how your children are out and about in nature in the garden but it brings me joy it hurts my heart when they're pulling stuff violently yeah you're like (laughs) that's not ready yet (laughs) but it brings me joy when they're like oh my goodness this is how this has grown you know that connection is is key yeah, definitely. Yeah. And with animals too, you know, when they learn like, yeah, there's a chicken that goes into the chicken tender. Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, Good. where did you think it came from? Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. So tell everyone where they can find you, how to follow you and work with you and get all your goodness. Oh, uh, thanks. So yeah, I'm on all social media as food, earth, birth spelled just like that simple food earth birth my website is www.foodearthbirth.com and you can 
contact me on there. I have my services listed. I have my products listed. I will be updating the website. I want to um, do some pop-up tea ceremonies in the city for the fall. Well, late summer, early fall. So I'm hoping to, to swing those out. I'm hoping to do also by August, like a tea subscription, showcasing what's seasonally growing. So like harvesting everything the month before and offering that the next month for folks. That'll just be 20 subscribers because that's a lot of work, 10 to 20. So yeah, those are my social media handles and my website. I'm happy to answer questions. I'm happy to have feedback. Thank you, Lauren, for having me. It has been my pleasure. You are, I mean, there is no question that you have had this role in in many lifetimes. Mm -hmm. Your wisdom is just so, I mean, so far reaching. And I'm so grateful for you and to have been connected to you and get to learn alongside of you. So thank you so much for being here. Likewise, likewise. Thank you for connecting with me this lifetime yeah I know. <laughs> i'm excited to see how your business grows and i definitely need to get a, a design reading from you yeah that would be so yes. fun yes yes thank you all so much for listening to the open to alchemy podcast you can find more about me on all the social places instagram facebook clubhouse at open.2.alchemy that's open, the word T-O, alchemy, or at my website, opentoalchemy.com. See you next time.